Welcome to When Pigs Fly. We're a podcast that's uncovering Cincinnati's rich business history dating back from the 1800s to today. We talk to companies to learn the ups and the downs of entrepreneurship, what it takes to grow a successful business, and to simply prost to future innovation. I'm one of your co-hosts, Allie Martin. And my other co-host, Patrick Bailey, he will be joining us for the interview, not for this intro in the Decompress, but we have a great episode lined up for you. We're going to be talking with Katherine Baxter. She's the founder and owner of Nettie Pickleball Company. Selfishly, I'm excited for this conversation because I have become a pickleball fan over the last year or two, and pickleball is the fastest growing sport in America. And obviously, Katherine Baxter saw some sort of an opportunity to create Nettie Pickleball Company, or she wouldn't have done so. And that's why she is building out a lifestyle brand that creates gear for pickleball, from pickleball paddles to the balls to sweatbands, to make the activity more fun and engaging. And whether you're out there to be competitive or you're out there just to have fun and play with your family and friends on a Saturday. This She's really trying to create a culture that's different from what has been seen before. In addition to that, I think it'll be great to get insight as to what it's like launching a brand during a pandemic, especially when it comes to the manufacturing of a product, because we all know we've had some supply chain issues. So it'll be great to get some insight from her in regards to that, and also just hear where she is in her journey, because she's been at this for about a year, a year and a half now, so it's still kind of fresh. And I think she'll be able to give some great insight into some do's and don'ts in early startup phases. But before we dive into this conversation, I do kind of want to touch on some fun facts and figures about pickleball and why and how it's growing to paint a picture as to what maybe the future holds for this sport. So as I mentioned before, pickleball is the fastest growing sport in America, and pickleball grew in 2021 to 4.8 million players in the U.S., which is an incredible two-year growth rate of 39.3% compared to 2022, which had 4.2 million pickleball players playing in the U.S. And of that 4.2 million players in 2022, 2.8 million were casual players, quote-unquote, which means they played one one to seven times a year, And then 1.4 million were, quote, core players who played eight or more times a year. And this is all according to PickleballUSA.org. But one of my favorite stats here is the average age of the player. I think typically someone could be like, oh, it's a classic 75-year-old guy who's out there hitting the pickleball court, which, I mean, you're not wrong, right? But surprisingly, the average age for a pickleball player is 38.1 years old. I think it just proves the point that yes, it is growing. And the best part about pickleball is you could be 21, you could be seven, you could be 50, you could be 75, and you could be playing pickleball. And you could be playing pickleball against a 21 year old if you are 75, and it still be a great match and a great time. And that's exactly what Catherine is trying to create is the sense of community with Nettie Pickleball across all generations. So with that, let's bring her in. Welcome, Catherine Baxter, to the When Pigs Fly podcast. So to start off, please tell us a little bit about yourself and your company. Yeah, sure. Uh, I am Catherine Baxter. I am the founder and CEO of Natty Pickleball Company, uh, which is a new pickleball brand. And I am hoping to bring some joy and fun and good design and great quality products into pickleball. Uh, I started Netty about, let's see, in August. Uh, well, I launched it in, in August of 2021. I started it about a year ago. Um, and the 
initial like seed of the idea was was even before that it was in mm -hmm. 2020 uh, during COVID I'd watched my boyfriend's parents play pickleball in their apartment in Manhattan <laughs> and yeah I'd heard of pickleball but that was I was you know it was watching them like over zoom during the pandemic when we were locked down they they were keeping moving by setting up a little miniature pickleball court in their apartment and well, I, I thought that was like super cute, but also it was a kind of just a, a spark or a moment of, oh, pickleball has a hold on people in a unique way. Mm -hmm. uh, and also just started following it and saw what was happening in, in the game. And then I started playing myself and I, I love the feeling of not being intimidated <laughs> when I play. Like I am, I am not a good athlete at all. I always got like best smile or like most you know, best attitude in, in sports. Except for participation and... awards. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but this was, you know, I could pick it up relatively easily. And I just, I, I love that. It felt kind of like when I went to summer camp and it was just playing just because. Uh, and then I went to buy products and, and went to find things for myself. And I just kind of saw products were either super expensive and really geared towards like people who are playing mm -hmm. professionally or in tournaments or they were kind of pretty cheap and really poorly designed and and not didn't look good like good quality like uh, the kind of the plastic ones that you see at you know yeah whatever the sporting goods places that you or buy like on amazon just gear. wooden kind of really cheap did, mm -hmm. and didn't look didn't look good uh and so i decided to start netty and here I am. So, oh my gosh, I have so many thoughts around this because we, we loosely <laughs> talked about this conversation before where I, I'm in the same boat as you, Catherine, where during the pandemic, uh, I also picked up pickleball and pickleball is the fastest growing sport in America. And that's exciting to see. And it's easy for people to play. It's, you know, health and wellness and fitness. And, and as you said, anybody could, tr you, anybody could play. You could be 65 yeah. years old and you could be playing with a 21 year old and you're going to be very equally matched just due to the nature of the game, the size of the court, et cetera, et cetera. So it sounds like you're coming into this market at a really great time because it's on the up and up. But as you also said, there really almost hasn't been a lot of people taking over the market of product, of paddles, et cetera. So um, as you enter this space, what kind of research were you doing to settle on your brand and kind of paint a picture for our listeners as to what Netty Pickleball Company represents? What's the vibe? What's the feeling? What's that brand? Yeah, totally. So I will say, I mean, the game is growing explosively. Yeah. And there are there are other other brands that that make paddles um, and have have equipment. What where I saw the gap was really brands that had kind of more of the lifestyle feeling mm -hmm. of of playing of playing outside and just being off your phone out on a court. Like the my you know when I was initially. Well, there's, there's, there's two things I'll say. There was the kind of aesthetic vision that I had, mm -hmm. and then there was the feeling. And then they were kind of, you know, they merged together yeah. as I created the brand. Aesthetically, I really was looking for something that was colorful and fun and was 
not just like neon and black and looked like a monster energy drink can <laughs> on a pickleball paddle. There's nothing wrong with monster energy drink, but like I just I didn't want that. <laughs> I didn't want that. You weren't looking um, for the Johnny McEnroe of, of the pickleball courts. <laughs> um and so I I I my vision was something that was more kind of rustic Americana, mm. a little bit more preppy maybe, but colorful. I was I was kind of thinking like Wonder Bread plus old school yeah. Ralph Lauren was my initial. It's got that like a retro vibe to it. Yeah. And then the the feeling of it and the and the brand and what I'm hoping to create is it's going outside when the temperature is you don't need a jacket. It's mm-hmm. kind of just like the perfect temperature outside and you could play, you know, you can be with your grandparents and mm-hmm. your cousins and like your friends from the neighborhood. Some people are sitting on the side drinking a beer or drinking coffee. Uh, you know, some people are playing. You might be keeping score. You might not be keeping score. And that it gives people who, you know, maybe don't have as much in common, whether it's by generation or whatever it is, to just like play. And yeah. that that is sort of the, the feeling that I wanted to inspire or evoke. Um, with with the paddles and really become like a family a, a brand for cross generations and for families um who have like me found this is like a really great way to move your body and and spend time with each other how the heck does one start a business during a pandemic and how did you just like decide all of a sudden one day this is what i'm going to do this is you know we're going to make a pickleball company yeah it's it's a very good question, and I I'm actually sometimes surprised that it even <laughs> has happened myself. Um, but you know, part of it was I. So I'm from Cincinnati. I grew up here, in fifth you know fifth generation Cincinnatian. But I had been living in in different cities over the past you know almost ten years. I was yeah. in the Bay Area. I was in Chicago. I was in in Brooklyn most recently in New York. Um, and I really had this pull to come home during during the past you know the beginning of of covid and mm-hmm. it was you know a lot of priorities changed for a lot of people and realizing mm-hmm. like where can i have a where can i be close to my family and where can i maybe tap into my community better and so my boyfriend and i kind of had decided that we were going to move move to cincinnati um and I had been working in social impact entrepreneurship over the past six years. Um, And I really had the experience of seeing it's a totally different product. It's a leadership development, you know, program and and really great organization. Mm -hmm. But I had seen and felt the experience of creating something from, you know, from idea to seeing it live. Mm -hmm. And and I, I really loved kind of being a part of, of all different phases of a project um, rather than just, just one lane. Um, and my boyfriend is also an entrepreneur. And I had seen him launch his company during COVID as well. Kind of earlier earlier on, they were for this motivation for you too. Yeah, yeah, but I saw I saw what they were doing and they did a great job. But I was kind of in the front seat. And I was a little jealous <laughs> of what I, you know, the, the decisions they were making and all of the interesting people they were, were getting to meet and to be really creative and to mm-hmm. just figure stuff out. 
Uh, and as my idea for Nettie kind of was starting to crystallize at the end of last year, that had coincided with moving home to Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And I just decided, you know, I was, I was going to be in between jobs and I just decided I'm just going to do this. And if I don't find a job when I'm in Cincinnati, I'll have worked on something really exciting and I'll keep my mind sharp. And so I just started, I just went all in. I ended up getting a job. So then it was just double work (laughs) working on this and and a full-time job at the same time. Um, But I did, so that was kind of how I, that maybe is a a long answer to your question of. No, I like that. I want to then ask, what was the first step you took to, you know, get started in a business? Like, I guess, what was the first step that you did? I know it's different for each person, but we talked to a lot of entrepreneurs and each person does it differently. How did you, I guess, frame this, write this down, get, you know, what was your first step? Yeah. Uh, So the first step was like, I had the brand, the vision for the brand in my mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then it was deciding what product I wanted to start with first. I think right now I, I sell pickleball paddles and, mm-hmm. and gift sets um, or starter starter sets for pickleball. But really what I had initially thought of was, okay, what is you know this brand around like outdoor activities and games and starting with pickleball as it's like there's this moment right now. Um, and so the first step was deciding, okay, I'm going to start with pickleball paddles. And then I just did some research on the Google machine and figured out a way to get in contact with some manufacturers, a number of different manufacturers. And then I got a bunch of samples in and then I tested them out and felt them and, you know, just practiced with them. And simultaneously, one thing I knew was I wanted to really be brand forward. I wanted Mm -hmm. to create an identity and a feeling Mm -hmm that could extend beyond just a design on a paddle. Um, and so the next step was then I worked with a creative agency, it's like a small, I mean, they're just, they're a small firm, but they're amazing uh, to help really see it to life. Um, and so they did the, the graphics and helped with the paddle designs. Your basic um, branding. Yeah, and we have like a, you know, a great, like almost a mind melt in in our conversations. But I worked on that kind of simultaneously as I was getting the manufacturing elements set up. Because your first step was into this manufacturing landscape. Now, did you have any experience in that before? And what what were some challenges and maybe mistakes that you discovered along the way? Because if it is foreign to you, I imagine that's a tough territory to maneuver. Totally. No, I didn't have, I didn't have experience in manufacturing. Uh, at all um but so max my boyfriend does did have experience in his company in Mm. just creating physical products his company Mm. is a little bit different it's in in the beverage industry but the kind of steps that are needed in physical products he had that experience and then my mom works in advertising specialty like promotional marketing and so she also has a ton of the experience in just like the lead times you need and what, you know, what type of accounts you need to have set up. And, you know, I would say the one of the mistakes or lessons that I've recently experienced is having a clear sense of like the freight 
and how freight forwarding mm. and shipping. And yeah, because like, I wanted to ask you, have you been experiencing supply chain issues or anything of that sort post-pandemic? A little bit, a little bit, but some of it is just like learnings and growing pains on making sure that things are scheduled out and ordered with enough lead time. I think that's been, I think understanding the complexity of lead times for all these different products and trying to get them to match up at the same time that you need them while also mm. preserving the small amount of cash that I had invested into this yeah. and getting all of those pieces to line up. Like are the, is the pack, are the packaging, you know, is the packaging going to arrive and is the, and are the sweatbands going to arrive at the same time and all this stuff. And like my first shipment, I had it shipped here to Cincinnati. I was, in the process of moving and so i didn't have a place to actually ship it to oh wow. that i lived in yeah and so, all the logistics you have to think about so then i said okay I'll, I'll i'll but i had to know this way in advance when i was making the order where to ship it and i didn't have a place because i was moving and so i thought okay i'll ship it to my mom's so i shipped it to my mom's and it's like, it's like the the, <laughs> UPS dropped it off at the wrong address. They dropped it off across the street from hers. Oh, and it's no. all these boxes, pounds and pounds of pickleball paddles. And, you know, all these boxes. I was out of town at this moment. And so then I get a call from someone being like, is this Catherine? Like, my name's Susan. And I have a lot of your boxes on my doorstep. And I felt terrible because she had to leave and my mom had to come home. And then my mom like couldn't lift them. So she got her friend to come with a pickup truck, but it was literally across the street. She could see all these boxes just on this poor woman's that porch. Wild. Um, so things like that, that are just going to happen and trying to minimize them. How long, and how long did that take that. you to get that down? And what is that buffer time that you have to give yourself for a product like pickleball paddles? I would say it's still not totally down. <laughs> I yeah, mean, yeah. And that, like it's in just that there's still ongoing learning that I'll continue to have. Um, and it depends, you know, different manufacturers might have different lead times. Uh, for me, it's a, you know, it's a, I have to be planning a few months in advance yeah. and you don't necessarily know what conditions or what things are going to be happening in the mm -hmm. few months, in the next few months. And so I'm, you know, I'm still still figuring figuring that out. And then there are certain levers that I can pull, but it might cost more to have things, you know, be quicker. Mm. But do I, you know, yeah. can I just yeah. put more planning into it? So I'm I'm, you know, I think I'm still figuring that out. And I'm I only launched I only even started really working on this a year ago and launched in August. So I would would say there's a lot of stuff I am learning as I go and, and figuring it out. With with the help of lots of other people. Yes. <laughs> I love I love that. Um, so speaking of, you know, financing this, you mentioned, yes, there are costs associated <laughs> with this and you could pay more to have things, you know, shipped to you faster. Are you like all self funded right now, boot or bootstrapped as, you know, in startup lingo that they call it? They say in the biz. <laughs> um a little bit. So I'll kind of explain. So initially, yes. Mm. Um I had just operated with some investment that you know I made um, and then decided to bring on some business partners and so have a you know a, a bit more capital 
um, through through that, and we'll we'll likely do a bit of a fundraise. But for right now, I've I've bootstrapped it and kind of run it based on the you know operating profits so far. Um, but it's it's an interesting moment because as we talked about at the beginning, pickleball is booming, mm-hmm. and I also want to be able to really tap into the excitement that is happening, and that costs money mm-hmm. <laughs> to to reach people and. There's a, there's a lot of ways to be creative, of course, um, but you, you're yeah. bringing up a good point that, okay, so pickleball is booming. It's still kind of relatively new, but you're also relatively new to the world of pickleball. So how are you getting connected to some of those other players and businesses and people within that culture, but also how are, how are you getting your word out about what you're doing with Nettie? pickleball company. So that's kind of like a B2B question and also a B2C question. On the side of getting the word out to consumers, I'll start there yeah. first. Yeah. Um, I've done kind of traditional, I guess you would say traditional direct to consumer marketing and doing digital advertising and testing a lot of different things. I've worked with a really mm-hmm. great digital marketer. Um and testing, you know, the different online channels. That's been kind of the the beginning. So, what far. has been the most successful to you as well? Which channels for what you're for what you're supplying? Yeah, um, Google Shopping. The Google Shopping feature oh, has been super successful for me. Interesting. So, so huh. you know, someone who's going on and they're searching pickleball paddle, and you know, top. Yeah, it, they give you the different options. Yep. My paddles, I mean, this is a podcast, so you can't necessarily see them, but they look, re- they're really noticeable. They really stand out. Um, so when you kind of compare them against all the other things in, in the Google Shopping channel, that's been really successful. And then, you know, Instagram has also been very mm-hmm. successful. Actually, Instagram and Facebook have both been successful channels. I've dabbled, I've dipped the toe into TikTok. I have oh. not. I have not fully gone there mm-hmm. yet, though. What I, are your I'm thoughts on, on it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I love TikTok as a as a consumer mm-hmm. and as a business and as a business owner and someone who's trying to also figure out ways to be creative about getting the word out about my products. I find it to be really challenging mm-hmm. to think about okay, what's trending? How do I connect this to pickleball? And who resonates How- with your brand because it's very influencer driven. Yeah, it's influencer driven. How do I, you know, not just have TikTok after TikTok of just a pickleball paddle, Mm -hmm. but what are ways that I can have the lifestyle element of it that that I love, which is really just outdoor play and Mm -hmm. um, activity. Anyway, I just have found it. It's it's challenging to shift your mindset from okay, I'm scrolling, I'm I'm being entertained to thinking about how am I actually going to create content that resonates. And I think one of the things I'll really work on in the next year is partner with people who are experts at that and get, you know, not just in TikTok, but in other, other forums as well. Um, to, Cause I can't, I won't be able to do everything and yeah. have some people who are really good at figuring out like the TikTok transitions or whatever it might be to, to help me. Um, I also think the I'm not going to stop the 
other channels as the you know, Facebook and marketplace or Facebook and Instagram and, and Google. Um, yeah. They all I'm not going to add that place. Yeah, totally. And yeah. the, the ages of people who play pickleball are, are really wide. It's growing yeah. fast in the younger generations, but it is extremely popular with older generations and figuring out, okay, where are those people spending their time on the internet is, is one thing. Um, and then the, the second piece of it right, for right now, I've been, you know, just tapping into the places in Cincinnati where people play pickleball and yeah. meeting tennis pros at, you know, five seasons or at the Camargo club or at some of these places where, or at, you know, through the Cincinnati pickleball club down at Sawyer point. Um, I was just, I was just yesterday I was at, I was playing at Withrow high school where the Cincinnati tennis foundation has a bunch of courts um, connecting with folks at the Cincinnati Tennis Foundation, actually, and figuring out like what are ways that uh, they're trying to get kids playing tennis and other racket sports. I mm-hmm. can help them bring more pickleball into schools or into communities. Um, and so that's where I have really started my focus in the pickleball world here in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, more broadly in the U.S., I think I will start to go to pickleball tournaments and events and places yeah. where um mm-hmm. and and really just get to meet people who are real you know meet other people who are in you know in this world yeah and, your customer and as right a, as, yeah as a newcomer you know get to get to be part of that and as someone who myself included i, I played tennis growing up here and this is actually a really great tennis city um and i'm sure you probably are aware that sawyer point but uh, as a city in the park uh, Parks Recreation, we're committing $500,000 to improving our pickleball courts down there because with the hopes of bringing in more tournament play, which looks good also on your end. So it's like, how how could you potentially <laughs> maybe even become a sponsor or be a part of that? But to get to my question is, do you feel like Cincinnati is a good city to launch a pickleball brand in and why? Yeah, I mean, I would say Cincinnati so far, I have felt like it's a great place to launch any brand. <laughs> like I have yeah. been so just... Mm welcomed and people have been so helpful in in introducing me to people and sharing opportunities with me and um so i'll just say from even even more than pickleball brand any brand i have felt Mm. just like extremely supported um yeah and can you also kind of link that back a little bit to your experiences in your other cities right because you said that you have a lot of experience in the social impact entrepreneurial space Mm -hmm. so how are you how are you taking those experiences in other cities and bringing them to Cincinnati but also comparing them a little bit too yeah um so I think so if we take if you take New York for example which I, I love New York and I miss it uh, there's there's so many people and there's so much money and there's so many people that are hustling for all sorts of different businesses yeah. or opportunities that it I, I think I could I could definitely still have done this there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, I just think it would have been even more of like an uphill climb. Not that this hasn't been difficult, but just in that kind of competitive landscape there. Secondly, just logistically, it would have been a lot more difficult because mm. I did all the fulfillment. Um, I did a lot the of the physical fulfillment space yeah. from mm-hmm. my apartment here. And I had 
I had the space for it. Um, and that would have been a lot more challenging in, in New York, not impossible at all. Um, but then the other side of it, I think the thing that's most important or most relevant is that the people here have been so eager to connect me to opportunities that will advance mm. my business. And, and that, that has looked like folks at Syntreviews that have been super helpful about sharing opportunities, reviewing, you know, reviewing pitch decks, helping with, with financial modeling. And then yeah. through that, I, I applied to the main street ventures, um, funding and mm -hmm. I got that and then was like quickly tapped in to their network and have met other founders through that. And again, like those things exist in other cities, mm -hmm. but it just, it felt like here people were like opening the door for me mm. to mm. to take part in them, whereas in other places I maybe had to like actually moving you them. forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then on the flip side, what problems have you experienced launching a business in Cincinnati, and like what can we be doing better? Mm -hmm. I at this point, <laughs> like, yeah. I I don't I honestly don't know, and that might just be. I'm kind of have my head down and I'm you're still I you're really feel, grinding right now yeah yeah and I'm feeling I just feel pretty grateful at this this mm -hmm. moment I'm sure there will be things that come mm -hmm. up that I wish the city or the ecosystem or you know could could be doing better mm -hmm. um I think this this is actually again this is another positive thing. So sorry, I'm, I'm not answering your question. Um, but the nature of pickleball is getting people to say yes and just come and play. At least in in my experience, the way I play mm. is like yesterday morning texting friends like, "Do you want to go play pickleball? Great, awesome. We're gonna go and we're just gonna go play." Where here, I feel I feel that people are very open to saying yes to activities and restaurants and things when i've lived in other cities there when there's when there is a, a bigger city with maybe more restaurants and more people it's like harder to hold, you know get people on the calendar it's like That's difficult interesting. there when i lived in the bay area it was like people were always in Napa or they were in Tahoe or they were in LA or they were in Big Sur or they and it was it was really difficult to make plans with people it was it was it was challenging we're mm. here in my experience even just in meeting entrepreneurs mm -hmm. I meet them and then do you want to get coffee in three days yeah, yeah. sure yeah awesome yeah. or yeah. you want to play pickleball today just in a friend in a friend capacity yeah let's do it let's go <laughs> now for where you are right now and just for clarification this is this full-time mm -hmm. now for you so I am, I'm just, just wrapping up my, my previous full-time job and I'm going full-time starting in March. Okay. So, and this is what's so great. And Patrick and I have had this conversation before about, you know, how this podcast has evolved is we're catching people in a lot of different phases and times in their entrepreneurial journey. And this is exciting yeah. for you. Cause as you said, this is about a year in <laughs> now you have been trying to double down on both of these jobs. You're going to be moving forward and, and focusing specifically on Nettie Pickleball Co. Now, what mm -hmm. advice from your experience that you have had thus far could you give an entrepreneur who might be moving more into that product development space? 
Yeah. Okay. The product development space, I think creating a brand first mm-hmm. that is that extends beyond the singular product that you're planning on selling is a way to just ground all of the things that you're doing and you know anything that you would say like what is the why of that brand yeah yeah what is the why but also what's like the world around it not just Mm. not just a singular application Mm. how do you morph that product into the behavior of the people who are using it almost and i think if you start with like a much bigger vision Mm. of what what it could be even if you don't go there you know even if you don't sell other things or if you you really only have one product it it creates like ways that people can tap into whatever it is that you are selling um in a in a different way so i think that's one one element there's so many different products and so i i only have this experience in (laughs) in one but i yeah another piece of advice that i would give and i have given recently is encouraging entrepreneurs to then tell their like full story to whoever they're talking to. So whether it's accountants or mm-hmm. lawyers or designers or whoever it is, yeah. what what I have done kind of across the board is I will give a full picture of you know what I'm what I'm doing with Nettie about intergenerational connection and play and it's the fastest growing sport and i've kind of tried to really be conscious about selling what i'm doing in all of my different interactions it's really telling the story but it also yeah. you also mm-hmm. could call it selling yeah. um but it's also a big part I, of your life too so naturally so yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but what i have found is that that has gotten that has meant that the relationships that i have with these vendors and people that i'm working with have been a lot stronger. And in some cases I've gotten special opportunities because people are like, Hmm. yeah, we love pickleball. We're going to enter you into this program that gives you more, you know, more resources for less money. And, or yeah, I'm going to, I love what you're doing. I'm going to connect you to this other person who does pro bono work for women founders. And like, I don't know that that would have happened if I wasn't telling the full story to all of the people that I'm working with. And we're busy people and it might be easy yeah. to just say, I need my taxes done. Taking the time <laughs> to build a relationship, right? So they also have a foundation to go off of. Um, yeah. w- one of my last questions here is, at the start of this journey to now, would you go back and do anything differently? Yes, I would. Yeah. <laughs> tell us more. Oh, do tell. Um, <laughs> Spill the beans, <laughs> Catherine. <laughs> I launched in August. I mm-hmm. did just kind of a network, friends, family, through word of mouth, and did did pretty well with that. Mm-hmm. And then, right before the holidays, I decided, and this, you know, this has been an interesting challenge because I'm working full time at the same time. So a lot of this is nights and weekends grinding on figuring a lot of this stuff out. And I decided at the end of October that I was going to invest a little bit in digital advertising and work with work with an expert and really just gather some information from that. And my my thinking at the time was okay, I'm going to get some data on how much does it cost to acquire a customer and what's the return on the ad spend and really just try to 
gauge what some of those metrics were. And then I was mm-hmm. thinking, okay, and then in 2022, I'm going to reassess and see what, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. I ended up, and when I talked to my, the marketer that I worked with, she said, do you have enough product in stock? And I said, oh yeah, I have, I definitely do. I have plenty. Mm. And she said, are you sure? And I said, oh yeah, I'm, 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 I think I do. And she, she, her first question was, she said, you could definitely sell out. And I, so I took that, you know, I took that advice and we, we went and we started advertising and then I did sell out in two and a half weeks. And I was thrilled. It was super exciting. But then what that meant was that because of the lead times and because of how long it takes things yeah. to be produced and shipped mm-hmm. and packaging to be created and all this stuff, I then have to, it was, had to be out of stock because I, there was, there really wasn't a way for me to move it faster. And so I think what I would have done differently is I think I would have done some of that testing earlier. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I could have had an understanding of what are the business metrics? What do I need to know? earlier on so then i could reorder if i needed to mm-hmm. to then give yourself the time <laughs> to and give myself the time and i i think it's okay how it how it worked out but i think that's one thing that i would have done that testing in that's september when i had when i had the time to you know if it does really go you know work well i guess on the flip side of that i could have started advertising and i could have sold out <laughs> in September yeah. too, so I, it's hard to say, but um, I think that's that's one thing. Just being, and I, because it was if it was the first run, I, I didn't totally mm-hmm. know. Um, now that I have done that and have a bit more foresight into how long th- different things take, I have a bit more of a understanding of what I need to do. <laughs> that's great advice. So, how can people? get a hold of you, go grab themselves a pickle ball, paddle and ball. <laughs> Let us know how should people reach out and get in touch with you? I've got pretty much all of the social media channels as play netty. So P L A Y N E T T I E. Um, so you can find me there. And then the website is also playnetty.com. And there I have gift sets and individual paddles and balls I think one thing I saw a lot of was over the holidays, the orders were kind of coming in or coming in and there was gift, there was gift notes on so many of, so many of them that said, mom, dad, I know how much you love pickleball. Here's a more beautiful set for you to have. (laughs) Or Jane, when you come visit us in Naples, Florida, or in Arizona, we got you your own pickleball paddle. So it was a lot of parents and children gift giving yeah giving each other gifts which i just thought was so sweet to see um and was also a real kind of market understanding of the market which is a lot of people are trying to get other people to play with them and my mm-hmm. product is super giftable um so i would say you can go to the website you can buy a gift for yourself or for for someone else it comes in really fun packaging um and then the other thing and I guess I'm, I'm not 100% sure when this is going to be released, but on St. Patrick's Day, so March 17th, I'm co-hosting a pickleball tournament and party at 50 West. Oh, heck so... yeah. Heck, help me in. <laughs> Let's go. So Let's they go. are going to have a pickleball tournament, a volleyball tournament. I think they're having Irish dancers and, and bagpipes and beer and 
basketball and all sorts of stuff. So I'm I'm sponsoring the pickleball tournament of that. So you can come there if you've never he played. Just got, he just got Ali really excited. Ali's coming out of retirement. <laughs> or um, retirement. I don't know. <laughs> and then there's a few places here locally where you can buy the paddles. Just you can go buy them. So Five Seasons in Cincinnati and Kentucky have paddles mm. that you can buy. Um, a few of the other country clubs will have them and kind of continuing to build, uh, you know, retail footprint here, here in town. Um, Can people find those uh, places on your website? uh, Not yet, though. I'm redesigning the website and that will be in the, in the website redesign. So stay tuned for that. And I will also be doing lots of different events and things like the 50 West event over the spring and into the summer. So people who are doing pickleball leagues or if there's you know mm-hmm. different pickleball tournaments and things here that i'll i'll be tapping into and we'll grow that community baby have paddles and gear and fun fun stuff to sell mm. there as well well we will be there and oh i thank and you. I'll sell it with you. <laughs> <laughs> so Catherine, thank you so much for joining us it's been yes, an absolute you. pleasure learning about your journey learning about netty Uh, And until next time. Thank you for having me. Uh, I really enjoyed this conversation. It was so fun and it was so lighthearted. And it's proof that you can be successful, even if you're not trying to solve all the world's problems with open heart surgery or curing cancer, etc. Because it could be as simple as a pickleball paddle and pickleball product that bring joy and experience into someone's life. And it could still be a successful business. Also, because she's about a year and a half or so into this journey, I thought that she was really able to give some great insight as to some really basic do's and don'ts in the beginning starting phases of an entrepreneurial journey. She's really going through all of this right now, so it's very raw and it's very tangible. And when she made that comment about really dive into research if you can to get a better understanding as to who your target market is and how to reach them is extremely important. It will save you time and it will save you money and it will give you greater insight as to what you need to do to make your business successful and or if you need to pivot away from what you're currently doing at the moment because it might not actually be working. And with that, I know I personally am excited to see where Catherine continues to take Nettie Pickleball Company because I for sure plan to continue to play pickleball moving on into the future. So don't forget to check her out online. And also you can check us out online at whenpigsfly.fm. That's where you can find where all of our podcasts live. And we also love to hear from you. So if you want to reach out via that way or on any of the social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it, we will get it so on that note don't forget to also tell a friend and now it's just time to cheers and here's some necessary legal stuff ali martin and patrick bailey developed the when pigs fly podcast in collaboration with the up company llc at the time of this recording we do not own equity or any financial interest in the companies which appear on the show unless otherwise indicated All opinions expressed by podcast participants are solely their own opinion and do not reflect the opinions of the EW Scripps company. 
and its affiliates or Generator Management LLC and its affiliates or any entity which employs us. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. We have not considered your specific financial situation nor provided any investment or legal advice on the show. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week. We also wanna give a shout out to Claire and Christian of Moonbow. They're the two artists of our intro song, which is so catchy and gets stuck in our heads all the time. So bop over to Spotify or wherever you find your music and give them a listen. And Like the Night by Moonbow is courtesy of Silver Lake Sync.